Smush Parker here, formerly up to the Los Angeles Lakers, and you are now tuned in to Real Fans Real Talk. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another Quarantine TV edition of Real Fans Real Talk. COVID is still out there running amok, but uh, the sports world has continued. And uh, we got a whole lot to get into this week. But um, I told I told Eric I'm, I was going to let him just go in because I know him, along with my dad and all the other Knicks fans out there that has been waiting for 40-plus years for them to get back to the promised land um, you know, are excited this week. So I wanted to give Eric his time. He's been having his time this whole season. But, you know, the Knicks are in fourth place right now. You know, Julius Randle has got his first All-Star selection. So I said, you know what, Eric, go ahead. Have your moment. I've got to say, man, it's it's a great feeling, man. It's it's a great feeling. I've been waiting. Shout out to your dad. Shout out to all the Knicks fans everywhere. Uh, you know, we we ain't had a good team in quite some time. 2013 was the last good team we had with Melo when we was the number two seed. So it feels good, man. Like you said, we got an all-star. We're the number four overall seed right now. Or oh, fourth seed in the East, I should say. Let me not get ahead of myself. Fourth seed in the East. Still a lot of basketball to be played. But as I've said all season, if the season ended today, if it ended today, we would be the number four seed hosting a home game, hosting a first round home playoff round. So it's just an exciting time around the garden, man. And it's great for the city, no matter how you feel about a trip. And you notice yourself. It's a different energy around New York City when the Knicks are relevant. No, it when is. When the Knicks it are is. relevant, it's a different energy. It is. And I and I, and I will say this um, because, you know, listen, y'all know I, I give the Knicks enough grief because I'm, I'm not a Knicks fan. I'm a, I'm, I am a fan of my city, though. And... um. And I will support that. You know what I mean. I've been to the, you know, me, me and Eric have been to the to the boardroom at the Garden on on numerous occasions. You know what I'm saying. So I'm okay with them doing well. I think I think what it is for me mostly is see I would have to we you know with our previous co-host he was he was so much of a of a of a LeBron hater that it would make me go in on the Knicks even on during times where I was like I really didn't want to go in on them but I just just because he was such a a, a LeBron hater it would make me go there with the Knicks because it's like you can't hate on LeBron and your team is in the trash so I would just I would just say these outlandish things but even you know and I've said on the show you know one of the reasons why I dislike Paul Pierce so much it's because of that nonsense that he did at the garden. <laughs> when he started bowing and running laps around the, the, the garden off a regular season win of a, of a Knicks team that was probably one of the worst Knicks teams that we've seen during this whole drought. You know what I mean? So, you know, and I got real overprotective of the Knicks at that point. So it's not really that I, you know, I'm not, I, I hate the Knicks or anything like that. It's just, you know, if you disrespect my guys, I got to come back at you in a way that's going to get to you. But I, I'm happy. Fair, for no, no, fair, fair enough. You, you're right, and you know, and I get that. You know, sometimes you know, the 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 sports fan who isn't as knowledgeable, who just likes to throw a bunch of you know, you know what against the wall and hope something stick. Exactly. You know, they'll take jabs at certain guys. You can't listen. No matter how much sports I claim to know, one thing I, I will always admit is LeBron James is an all-time great. 
So if if you're trying to if you're trying to cover up for how bad the Knicks have been by taking jabs at LeBron, I mean that's just a terrible angle to take in the first place. But for anybody who isn't from New York, I know we we got it, we get a lot of support from from other places throughout the country and even internationally as well. Um, th- there are two things about New York City at, at particular times of the year, and in the fall when the Yankees are a World Series contender, and during the spring when the Knicks are a playoff team, those are two feelings within the city that you have to be in the city to understand yes. because like I said, when, when the Knicks are relevant and playing meaningful games late in the season, there's a different energy around the city. Again, 2013, when Melo led us to the number two seed, there was a different feel around the city because that team was good and they were going toe to toe with Miami during the regular season. And people had hope that they would see each other in the playoffs. Absolutely. And same thing with the Yankees. I'm, I'm not a Yankee fan, never been a Yankee fan, but I will never deny the buzz that's within the city come October when the Yankees are playing in an ALCS or even in a World Series, it's a different feeling around the city. you got to respect it. And, you know, for, for Nick fans, and I think a lot of them will agree with me on this, as bad as we want to have a superstar, you know, we never had a LeBron James. We've never had a Kevin Durant. Yeah. More importantly, well, well, we just wanted on. some confidence. Like, I, we got to give our respect to Patrick Ewan. Oh, no, All no, right. right. Okay. But, but since Patrick Ewan. I, I'm on. saying, we, right, we, okay. we never had the best player. Oh he yeah, had yeah, good okay, players, I got you, right? Because Patrick Ewing was great, but he wasn't—he was never the best player. I mean, I—I I, I, got to think at that at that time was Pat. I mean, I maybe 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 top five, maybe Pat was in the top possibly, five. Possibly, possibly. He, was top, to he really, was top ten for sure. Yeah, he definitely, was definitely top, top 10. ten. But I'd have to do my research to, to see if he was really top five during his his prime years. But right. he, you know, he, but he, he definitely top ten. I wouldn't put him out of the top ten. Absolutely. And like I said, we, we've never had, you know, the number one guy, maybe not even a number two guy. I don't think Melo was number two when he was here. He was a top five player, but he wasn't a number two. You know, he wasn't the second best player in the league. But all I say, all I like to say this, what we really wanted was competent basketball and having Thibodeau come in. And it shows you why coaching matters. Yes. A guy who comes in. These and are you, all the same pieces that. from last year. You did, you did say that. You did say that yeah. uh, when, when they announced Thibodeau. Coaching matter. These are all the same pieces from last year. And yet Julius Randle looks like an all-star now. RJ Barrett is starting to take that leap now. You know what I'm saying? I, I Number one pick ain't even really played that much. But yet the team has been better overall because yeah. of what Tibbs has brought to the table. And then adding a veteran like Derrick Rose helps us as well. So I'm just I'm just super excited for what we got going on in the garden, man. But let's get to it. I know we got a lot of topics to get no, to today. Well, really, really quick, I do want to, because you, you mentioned the Knicks first round pick, Obi Toppin. He hasn't really gotten his groove yet because he did start off the season banged up. So he hasn't really gotten to a groove. But he will be in the dunk contest. And I'm looking forward to that. And, and, and part of the reason I'm looking so forward to that is because I'm still kind of upset that we didn't get to have Shump in the dunk contest that year because he was supposed to jump over Jeremy Lin uh, sleeping on the couch. So I'm, I'm excited to see another Knicks player in the dunk contest this year. And I'm also excited that the Knicks are in the playoffs because, to be honest with you, you know what I'm saying, as a Nets guy, I want to see Knicks versus Nets. Now, granted, I know the teams are – very uneven right now, so right. I don't. We're not don't, on that level. Yeah, so I don't expect the Knicks to win, but I, th- I think we're finally getting to that point where we'll see the Knicks and the Nets both in the playoffs yearly, and you know we'll we'll get to see that 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 rivalry go back and forth. So I'm looking forward to it. And we got we got to as Knicks fans. I'm gonna speak on behalf of the Knicks delegation. We want to thank Kevin Durant too because Kevin Durant 
openly said, ain't nobody checking for the Knicks. They not popular. None of that's happening. Now, the Nets are better than us, but yet all the headlines have been about the Knicks. Yeah. No, again, nobody's doubting what they're capable of doing. We, we know we expect them to be competing for a championship, but it's ironic that the moment that we just get slightly relevant, not we're not a powerhouse, we're not a championship contender, just slightly relevant, people are more excited about what the Knicks are doing than the Nets. Yes. I'm just going to leave that out there. Well, but let, let's get to the, it, the, man. Because at the end of the day, this is still... The Garden is still, you know what I'm saying, the mecca of basketball. And, you know, the Nets would still have to win a championship to take away from that. So as as good as they are now, they had some good years during the Garnett, Paul Pierce years. You know what I mean? But and you, you're not going to take that spot away from the Knicks when we've seen for years the Knicks continue to sell out no matter what. There's always a Knicks headline. So you can't take that spot away without winning a championship. You win a championship for the for the city, then things will start to shift, and it's still going to be hard to to really take away from what the Knicks mean to New York. They they've been here from the beginning. They're one of the, you know, one of the first teams. So it's not gonna it's gonna be a little harder to just replace that, but a championship does help. At least they are in position to win a championship if they can, you know, actually keep all three guys on the court at the same time. They they have a good chance. Yeah, we got to see. Like you said, they got they got to stay healthy. Kyrie sat out last night's uh, loss to Dallas, so it was hard and out there out. by himself. KD's out still, um, and it looks like he'll be out through the All Star break. But he's still going to be the captain of the All Star team, so he's still going to be selecting on his yes. behalf. Yes, exactly. Um, which I'm, I'm, I'm kind of. I wish, so I kind of want LeBron to just be the captain and just pick the team as well, and not actually play because I know he could definitely use the rest. Uh, you know, with the Lakers going so far into the into the playoffs, you know, obviously winning the championship this past year, and then having a short return time, I would have loved for LeBron to 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 get that, get a little bit of rest. You know what I mean? But what are you gonna do? One thing about LeBron is is if it's go time, he's gonna go. Like he he you know he'll he'll speak his piece about it, but he's not taking any days off. Um, I'm glad as well. He had to speak his piece uh, <laughs> yesterday. They had a little losing streak, but they got past that, beating up on Portland. But he had to address uh, some comments made by one of the one of the one of the global uh, soccer stars who has some things to uh, to say. He, he basically he he was he's another one of those. Uh, Shut up and dribble, guys. Which was which was actually funny. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, uh, you know, is his name, and uh, he played. He, he he used to play for the for the LA Galaxy uh, soccer team. Now I believe he's playing. He's playing overseas right now. But uh, he has some things to say. He criticized LeBron and all the work that he does outside of basketball. Him speaking up outside of basketball and using his platform to to fight injustice throughout the United States and, and, and you know, in the world um, as well. But uh, LeBron checked him right after the game, as, as he's supposed to. Uh, you know, he, t- he talked to him about, you know, be, which which was ironic. And I didn't even know, know this because, you know, we, we, we don't really go too in-depth with, with with soccer. Um, but, you know, right. but, but, but that particular player, he had some issues dealing with racism a couple of years ago. And he had made some comments you know, which is which was ironic that you would now try to shut LeBron down from speaking his piece. You know, one, two, 
you know, you ain't, you're not even from the United States. So if you're not from here, you don't really know what goes on in this country. And you can't go by what you see on social media, what you see, you know, in TV. And if you're not a minority, you can't even go by what you see when you actually are here, because he was with the galaxy for a little while, so but you can't even go go uh, go fully by that because you're not going to ever understand the black and brown experience in this country if you are not black or brown. So who are you to tell LeBron that he shouldn't use his platform to speak out, uh, you know, in, in 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 defense of his people that have been oppressed when he's also a person that has been oppressed? He didn't always start off as four time. Uh, almost billionaire, you know, NBA champion LeBron James. He started out living in a single parent home with his mother, you know, and he was able to, obviously he had a special gift that not a lot of people have, and he was able to change his circumstances, but that doesn't mean that you forget about everyone else who is still living in those circumstances in areas like his and surrounding. No, you're absolutely right. Um, We praise LeBron all the time for using this platform to speak out on, on a lot of these injustices that we continue to see within the country. And one of the things I've learned over time is that sometimes the foreigners, right, who come from countries that are in far worse shape than we're in, they assume that because we have freedom and liberty that everything is great, and so therefore you have nothing to complain about. And that's not true. We know at the end of the day, you and I have expressed this, that we love this country, we're Americans, right? Mm. But that does not mean that we don't have room for improvement. And part of that room for improvement is speaking up when things aren't right, when things are unjust. Yeah. So I think that Zoltan, I'm not familiar with his background or where he's from exactly, but I know he's not American. And so there's the possibility that in his country, he doesn't have the same freedoms and liberties that LeBron does here. And so he may feel like, oh, you guys are complaining. You guys got it all. Well, no, we don't have it all. Because as you said, LeBron didn't wake up as a four-time league MVP, four-time NBA champion, and like you said, almost a billionaire. He grew up as a poor black kid in the inner city of a single mother who was trying to make ends meet. And as he went through life, yeah, people opened up to LeBron a little bit more and granted him some opportunities that a lot of other kids don't get, but that doesn't mean he didn't struggle. That That doesn't mean he didn't experience racism. I mean, even as a, you know, as a multimillionaire and as a champion, people were still spray painting racial slurs on his home, right? So he has not been exempt. He has not been exempt from from the ugliness of this country. So I I think that it should never be shut up and dribble in any sport or or shut up and kick the ball or shut up and hit the ball in any sport. Absolutely. He's a taxpaying citizen. He has every right to he has every right to speak his mind on what's going on in this country. And Zoltan is is incorrect on that. And, you know, to to that same point, because there's another situation going on within the NBA um, with Jeremy Lin. As we talked about, you know, him being a part of the Knicks at one time where he came out and talked about some racial comments that were made towards him on the court. Exactly. And that's no different. And I agree with Steve Curry. We commend those guys who are courageous enough to speak out and say, look, this is this is wrong. We shouldn't have to deal with this. It doesn't matter. Black, white, brown, blue, yellow, doesn't matter. It's, if it's wrong, it's wrong. We should be able to address it, address it. And players should not feel like I can't speak about this because I'm just an athlete. Absolutely, especially when, you know, like you said, even someone of LeBron's stature is not exempt from dealing with the racism in this country. And, that you know, and just him having the word nigger spray painted on, on the wall of his home, that's even one thing. That doesn't even compare, if we're talking about the different levels of racism in this country, 
to an actual NBA player in uh, in Sterling Brown who was assaulted by police officers in in, in Milwaukee uh, what three um, three seasons ago now. If yeah, I'm not mistaken, three, four seasons ago now, you know what I'm saying? He was assaulted by police officers. So NBA players, athletes in general, are not exempt from the racism that goes on in this country. Now, granted, you may have a, a couple of passes that you that you may get if you're the most famous NBA players in the you know in in the league, the top guys, the LeBrons. The, the Kobe's, the the Shaq's, those guys that are on that level, the Dwayne Wade's, where your face is known everywhere. So you might not have to necessarily deal with the same racism that that we that we deal with, you know, on the on the day to day. However, you know, that's maybe five percent of the league of notable, you know what I'm saying, of those notable players. Like I can't I can't go to outside of the guys that are on the, the Nets I know you probably could do it with the Knicks. I could probably do it with the Lakers. But outside of that, I can't go down and identify the 13th man on every team in the NBA. It's just going to look like another tall black guy you know, or a tall yeah. white guy, and, whatever, whatever they are. And then it gets tougher as we talk about football because most of those guys run around with their helmet. Exactly. Like who? You know, so it might be 1% in football of people you actually know. Right. We, we talked about it when we were still in studio um, about a situation that took place with Darius Leonard, the middle linebacker from the Colts. Exactly. And... He's a prime example. He was a guy who was a, a high school standout, but in his own town, he had to hide the fact that he was dating and now he's married to a white woman. Exactly. Because it was frowned upon and he he feared retaliation from people who didn't want to accept it. And his his wife has even said that, that they had to hide their relationship as teenagers for fear of how people might start to treat him. Yeah. So we, we should never we should never tell these guys it should be just shut up and play your sport. It's bigger than that. Exactly. When you look at a guy like Darius uh, uh, Leonard, he's not he's not six seven, so you wouldn't even mistake him as a basketball player. You wouldn't. You might not even mistake him as a football player if you seen him out of his uniform. You might look at him and just say, "Oh, he's right. just an in shape black man." You know, maybe he works right. out a little bit. He hit the gym, but other than that, you know what I mean. Like, I, like outside of in the NFL, as far as you know, the black athletes go. You know, you might you might have your Odell who can stand out, and everybody knows Odell, and that's impartial to his hair. So you might have have the Odells. You know, I can't even honestly, I can't even say Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. You like even stand out on that level to everybody, where everybody just walking out will will know them. You know what I mean? Because there's not really any um, characteristics. If you just saw them walking in a crowd of people, would you look at at, at, at Lamar Jackson? If you don't, if you're not a, a football fan, would you look at Lamar Jackson? No, all right, he, he's the starting quarterback for the Ravens. I don't even, I don't even know. You know what I'm saying? Most people probably wouldn't know. I know my mom couldn't. I can, you know, she's she watches the Super Bowl. But I know she couldn't tell you who Lamar Jackson was if I showed her pictures of three different black dudes, and she black. You know what I'm saying? So it's even harder in football because we don't know what they look like because they wear helmets. So these people will still be dealing with that same racism that you and I might have to face because the average police officer doesn't know. They're not looking at these guys and saying, "Oh, this is such and such." Let me, you know, let's we we don't we don't have to go that hard today. You know, yeah, you're, you're one thousand percent correct, and and like I said, I I can't agree with anyone who just says, "Oh, you should just play your sport." It's bigger than that, and it it 
I don't even know the proper word to use for this because we've also talked about this. It, it's it's not ironic. It's not coincidental. But we only say those things when it's the black athlete. Yeah. Right. When when Drew Brees said, I don't think I should be kneeling during the anthem. That's just my opinion. I think I should just be focused on the task at hand. There were some within the white media who felt like, well, he's entitled to his opinion. Yeah. Also, he's entitled to his opinion, but the mm-hmm. black athlete isn't. Yep. And at this point, after everything that we dealt with last summer with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, Maude Aubrey, if 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 you can go through all of that and you still feel like athletes should not be speaking out on these type of issues, that's where the problem is in this country. Everybody needs to be speaking out about any type of injustices that go on wherever you are. If, if there is some type of injustice and you have a platform where you can make a change and you can wake some people up, at this point, it is your obligation to make that happen. So we commend LeBron James and all of these athletes that do not find a robbery to stand up and speak out on what's wrong in this country. Absolutely. You're a taxpaying citizen. You have the right to speak up on what's going on and what's taking place in the country. Point blank period. It doesn't matter what your profession is. Yeah. And and, and, and going back to, uh, to to the Jeremy Lin situation, because I know there's, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on right now where people are just attacking Asians um, throughout several different areas in the country. I know I saw I saw a couple of videos where, you know, people were just pushing over, knocking them down in the street and whatnot. And and one thing I want to say about that, and this is something that we've spoken about on on the show in the past, and I've mentioned it before. And, you know, going back to the former president, and every time you go out here and you try to make it a point to to, to, to change the name of the coronavirus or the, or the or COVID-19 to the China virus. Or when you say things like the Kung flu, you are instigating in people's minds these type of actions. And it starts from the top. And now we are seeing more and more of people attacking Asians for no damn reason whatsoever. But when you, when you have someone who's at the top and you are spewing this type of, of, of nonsense, you know, okay, we, we get it. We understand. The virus came from China. Okay. But you don't have to make it a point every time to call a virus that's not named to China. It's not the official name that it was given. It was not given the China virus. It's either coronavirus or COVID-19. But, but the former president continued to make it a point to say the China virus. And I said back then that when you do stuff like that, this is the outcome that is going to come from that. And now we are seeing that. There's nothing else to say about that. You're right. He instigated it. And now we're starting to see the reaction of the people. And it's unfortunate. Again, this is more racism within our country and, and within with, throughout the world, not just our country. We see it everywhere. Exactly. Um, and it's very unfortunate, man, that, you know, people would, we, we can't be this closed minded. We can't be this narrow minded or, or, you know, narrow thinking where it's like he says it's the China flu. So it's it's all you guys are, are, the, are the problem. problem yep. no. And now we out here just attacking random people. Come on, man. We got we got we got to, We got to do better, people. We definitely have to do better. Um, let's we're going to switch it up a little bit. Stick on with the NBA still. Uh, Kyrie at a press conference a couple of days ago. Said that the NBA should change uh, the logo to Kobe. 
Um, I'm, I'm gonna let you speak, but I had uh, shout out, big shout out to Nesta and uh, the Hot Seat Podcast. He, he invited me to uh, pull up this past Friday, and that was actually one of the, the hot seat questions that he asked me. Personally, I don't feel like Kobe should be the logo, just because I feel like if there's a logo change, it got to be Mike. You know what I'm saying? And I understand Kobe just passed, and the way he passed, there's a lot of emotions involved. But personally, if there is going to be a logo change. I would say it would have to be Mike first. And I know that's probably can't happen just because of the copyrights to the actual logo. So I, I don't think that would, but if there ever was a, dis, a, a real discussion, I think it has to go Mike first. So I, we've talked about this before when the, when the convo first started to come up about changing it to Kobe, my immediate reaction was, you know, everyone feels that way because Kobe just passed away and we just went through the one year anniversary of it. I get it. There were some things that Kyrie said that made sense. But there were two things that stuck out to me the most. So the first part where he goes, he was my generation's idol. Cool. He for, for the current player right now in the league who maybe was a little too young to remember Mike, yes, he was your idol. He was your inspiration. But Kobe isn't the greatest player of all time. Yeah. And if we're going to change the logo, we should change it to the guy universally recognized as the greatest player of all time, exactly. Michael Jeffrey Jordan, right? That's the first part. The second part, and I agree with Kyrie, and I don't agree with him on a lot of things, but on this particular point, I do. He said, and paraphrasing, the game is built on the sweat and sacrifices made by black kings. And no disrespect to Jerry West, but it is time to change the logo. Yeah. The game is predominantly black. The game has been elevated by black athletes for, for over two decades. Yeah. At some point, there should be a symbol that recognizes and represents the black athlete. And that's why I think it should be the Jumpman logo. Now, like you said, legalities may, may come into play, and I don't know how, how much they would have to alter the actual Jumpman logo or if they could figure out a way to just leave it as the logo. Yeah. But Michael Jeffrey Jordan, to me, should be the guy. Mm-hmm. If, if not for anything else, he transcended the sport and he turned it into a global powerhouse. Yeah. Jordan turned the game into something that kids overseas wanted to play where, you know, they, there's always that picture of when they're in Barcelona for the Olympics and they have that billboard that's the size of the, of the Empire State Building with his, with his picture on it. So to me, it's Michael Jordan. And I don't want this to become a thing that every time a, a known athlete passes that we now need to consider changing the logo to that person. It should yeah. be who we consider the greatest player of that sport. Mm-hmm. And that is Michael Jordan. And, and, that's, and, and that's the other thing, too, because... If Kobe didn't die last year, then would you still feel like Kobe should be the logo? You know what I mean? We got to ask ourselves that question right. as as well. And I don't think that would be the case because we like it's literally it's a, it's a thing now because Kobe just passed. And when 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 someone who's an iconic figure dies young, I understand we want to honor that, we want to salute, we want to pay homage. However, again, it just it, there's there's levels, and when you're talking about the logo of a particular sport. Like, you would have to have been that guy in the sport. And Kobe was great, all-time great, never take anything away from him. As much as I wasn't a fan of Kobe, I always respected Kobe and acknowledged his accomplishments in the game of basketball. But we got to call a spade a spade. And if if we are, and, and, and to be honest, the only other person, like, if they said, all right, we want to change the logo, but we just can't do it with MJ, because of again, because of the legalities and the copyright, the trademark issue—not copyright issue, but the trademark issues of the of the logo. 
at this point, the only other person that I feel like would probably be able to qualify in that spot when after he retires would maybe be LeBron. Well, in, in terms of, and I was going to get to that point too. I think the logo should also represent impact on the game, mm-hmm. right? So there are very few guys who are in that conversation. Yeah. And LeBron is in that conversation. Let's let's not get it twisted. In terms of impact, in terms of moving the game forward, LeBron is in that conversation. I think it's something that the league would consider maybe when LeBron is retired for 10 to 15 years. Yeah, obviously so not, not no time soon. Right. Nothing new. But but I just think if, if we're talking today and the league were to have a serious conversation on, hey, we want to switch the logo within the next three to five years. I think the conversation starts and ends with Michael Jordan. Yeah. Now, 20 years from now, we may say, should it be LeBron because of everything he did to transcend the game? But right now, it's Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you're absolutely right, bro. That's that's the and, you know, that's that's the GOAT. <laughs> Can't take nothing away from that man. He is he is the GOAT. So if there are changes, the changes any change gotta go through MJ <laughs> first, okay? And then after that, we'll we'll cut the deck some and see what's going on. Right. Um, it starts there, then we'll figure <laughs> it out after that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh let's jump over to some NFL talk though, really quick. Uh, you know, we, we, we spoke about it on, on the side, you know what I mean? But Russell Wilson, he's still having these these trade talks. He said he's okay in Seattle, but if he was to be <laughs> traded, he's got a couple of locations for in particular that he wouldn't mind uh being traded to I, I you know at this point listen I don't I don't I don't even know what to say to to Seattle but if 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 that if that's really what's in his heart if he wants to go I'm kind of with the mindset of if a player doesn't want to be here I'm going to trade him because your mind is not all the way in, and, and, and we can't win if if you if mentally you're not tuned into what we're trying to do here, what we're trying to build here. So I'm just gonna be like, you know what? All right. The only thing is, is sometimes it's hard to get that same uh, compensation, and especially since he plays the quarterback position, you really can't afford to to just give away generational uh, talent at that position if you're not gonna get something like that in return. Um, so you know, it's gonna be kind of kind of kind of you know, a, a tough one if I'm Seattle and how do we handle this situation? Absolutely. Um, it's probably a trade you're going to lose. As you said, he, he plays the most uh, important position within the sport. And so to trade the quarterback, no matter how many first round picks you have coming back the other way, it's, it's almost a no brainer that you're going to lose. I don't think you're going to get equal value from draft picks. Not immediately anyway, maybe five years down the line, but you're not getting a Russell Wilson in the first round. Yeah. right away and and again seattle drafted him in the third round and it took a few years for him to actually become russell wilson yeah exactly so there's there's that aspect of it the other aspect of it is and to a certain extent i do agree with you if you don't want to be here let me get you out but i think this team is built to win now they they sent the jets two first round picks to get you more adams you've got dk metcalf you've got tyler lockett um you've got bobby wagner you've got defensive and offensive pieces that make you a good enough team to compete for a super bowl they won 11 games last year they're close enough and i think you at least try to run it back for one more season and then if you can't work it out after that one more season then you try to find a trade partner but for right now because i got to get more adams his new extension and because i already have some good young pieces at receiver yeah russ was just gonna have to sit tight for a year and let's try to see if we can win this thing unless you could somehow ship Russell out and bring in Deshaun Watson. In that case, then I'll be like, you know what? All right, go ahead. Make your move now. 
I mean, if if you could do a, a one for one, possibly. I I think the tricky part of doing a one for one is um, Russ has a lot of dead cap space, even yes. if he's traded. So Seattle, even taking on Deshaun, would go further into cap penalty territory because you still have that dead cap from from Russ. Yeah. And then the second part of that is if you're the Texans, as good as it sounds, Russ is older than Deshaun. Russ is not going to elevate that team more than Deshaun did. I mean, Deshaun had a career year last year, and they still only won five games. Yeah, but I mean, at so least they, they get they get that caliber of quarterback in return if you're the Texans. From that, just just from that standpoint. From 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 that standpoint, yeah, it, you look at it and you say, all right, we we get a quarterback that's equal, maybe even a little better than Deshaun. Um, but if I'm the Texans, does that make me better than a five win team? No, because they still got a whole lot of other holes. <laughs> right, right. So if I, that's what I'm saying. If, if you're Seattle, you you take that trade in a heartbeat. You yeah. say, yeah, I can get younger at the quarterback position with with a guy who now extends our Super Bowl window. Exactly. Absolutely. But if you're the Texans, it's like it absolutely. This is a sideways move for us. We went from five and eleven to yeah. maybe six and ten. So and it, if, if if Russ was complaining about the old line in Seattle, wait till he gets behind that old line in Houston. She. <laughs> and the words right. of my man Clay Davis, she. <laughs> right. So, you know, I, I think if, if you're Seattle, you run it back. And, and I think you just have a talk with Russ and say, look, whatever's bothering you, let's figure it out. Yeah. I, I but we're not going to. Yeah. But we're not going to pretend that we don't have enough talent here to win the Super Bowl. We, we were 11 and 5. Yeah. You know, you got a, a, a head coach who's one of the better head coaches in all of football. You got talent on both sides. You've got an emerging star in DK Metcalf. Let's they don't have out. their first round pick this year, though. Right. So that's the only thing with what, what hurts them is that they can't even draft an old lineman in the first round. They can't get one of those top old linemen in the first round because that would have actually been a huge boost to them if they could have done that. Um, but maybe they can finesse something else and, and work it out so they can they can move up in the draft and maybe get one of those top linemen to help out and show up that line. Or if they can make a trade to 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 bring somebody in. I don't I don't know if they would have been in line for one of the the top old linemen because again that pick is twenty second twenty third. Yeah, they would still had to trade up a little bit. Yeah, they probably would have had to go up or they, I mean you could take old lineman at twenty second, but he's probably not a guy who starts right away for you. Yeah, yeah. So they um, listen. They damn. It they looks do, like from, if they don't. At this point. Yeah. From, from some of the from some of the news I've been reading, it looks like KJ Wright may be moving on just because what he's looking for in free agency money wise. Yes. So maybe you take that money and, and you try to show up your old line or you try to find an old lineman in the second round. But again, that team was eleven and five last year, man. They lost to a really good Rams team. Let's not forget, you know, it's not like they lost to some bummy squad. The Rams were a good team too, and that division as a whole is good. If I'm Russ, I'm looking around the league. Unless there's a, a great trade to be made. I think you gotta like that situation you're in with Seattle. Yeah, I mean it, it still is a good spot. They're still a playoff caliber team. They they may be a piece or two linemen away from from getting back to a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So they're still definitely contenders. They're still one of the better teams in the NFC and in the league. They're still in in the, in the top half of teams in the league. So you know, hopefully they can get it together, work things out, bring Russ back. And then get back, you know, get back to work. But you know, we're gonna have to wait and see on that. Um, I had, to, I found something interesting, Eric, that I actually I wanted to bring to your attention. Um, they, you know, you know how they always got these polls and they got these studies and uh, and, and whatnot. And so I'm reading, and according to to a couple of studies, 
the number of minority uh, hires in the NFL, you know, nearly doubled in 2021. Now, I, as much as I like that, that number is not representative of the coaching hires in the head NFL. coaching hires. Head coaching hires. Excuse me. The head coaching hires. So this is where. I have somewhat of an issue because, yes, we always like when the hiring numbers go up. But if I'm not seeing changes in significant positions that are available, I have to question, you know, these numbers and what's going on. Because did we have this season? All the new coaching hires, did we have, did we have um, was there a new black uh, head coach this season? No. So then, so none of them numbers that doubled from last year to this year had anything to do with the head coach vacancies that we had. So, all right, the num- that, that statistic is very skewed, and here's why. To say the number is doubled isn't saying much because the number's already low. Yeah, right. it's only like about 34% right now, so that means last year was at 15%. Yeah, so <laughs> if we just used head coaches and we know there were no minority head coaches hired this past season, if we had gone head coaches at the start of the 2020 season, the only minority head coaches were Mike Tomlin, mm-hmm. Ron Rivera, Anthony Lynn. Yeah. If I'm missing somebody, let me know. Um, no. So there were three minority head coaches. Yeah. So let's say hypothetically, if that number had doubled in terms of head coaches, that means we would have had six minority head coaches. Yeah. They're 32 NFL teams. Yeah. So to me, is, is is that enough of an impact for us to say, oh, you know what? Now we feel better about the hiring practices. No. And the thing that so what bothers me is when um, we just drop poll numbers, but we don't say which specific job vacancies were being filled. So was it? An administrative assistant that may have been 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 black or brown that got a job, was it an assistant coach? Was it a GM? Was it the guy that cleans the stadium? Like we don't know what positions are in the you know in in, in this within this this poll here. But we do know the one that that wasn't affected by this that had nothing that no double because none of them got hired was the head coaching. Right, vacancies. we know that, and, and there were about and, what eight or nine this season. Hey, coaching vacancies? You know, yeah, again, to, to just attack this statistic, we, you know, we, we've got to be brutally honest. A majority of the minorities that are being hired for coaching vacancies are being hired as specialty positions or coordinators, right? Yeah. There are more coordinators and position coaches that are minorities than actually head coaches. Bruce Arians, damn near his whole staff is black. Yeah. Right. Defensive coach, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, wide receivers, coach, special teams, coach. All those are minorities. Shout out to Bruce Arians for doing that, because he recently said in an interview, I don't hire color. I hire the best possible candidate. Yeah. And the reason that that message is so impactful that he said it is because they just won a Super Bowl. So when they win a Super Bowl and we praise their defensive coordinator for the job he did, Todd Bowles, black man, former head coach who's still waiting to get a second opportunity now. Mm-hmm. Right. It's more impactful. But we can't forget about Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City, who's still waiting on a job. You know, it's it's the game is messed up, bro. As a Colts fan, I like what we've been doing as an organization. But our offensive coordinator should not have gotten a job with Philadelphia 
before Eric Bieniemy got a head coaching job. Yeah. Last time I checked, our offense was okay. Our offense was not the Kansas City Chiefs. Not at all. Not not not, not what they've done these past two seasons. Right. So, <laughs> shout out to Nick Sirianni for actually getting a job. But there's no way you could convince me he was more deserving than Eric Bieniemy of a job. Yeah, if we're talking about the offensive coordinators that were up for head coaching jobs, again, there's levels. There's levels. And at the top of that level would have to be the guy that produced an MVP, uh, the top the top three offense the past two seasons, and then uh, and a Super Bowl. <laughs> It'd have to be that. They've been the best offense. They've been the best offense for three straight years. Yeah. So how is there's no yeah how 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 is how is he not picked ahead of you know granted I mean it's the Eagles job so you know whatever but 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 in general but we need those those spots right and in general like I said that's why the numbers are skewed because like you said we're yeah there are hirings we're not disputing that but what we are disputing is why aren't these guys getting head coaching opportunities because and and it's just like it is because the same way. They told us that black men couldn't play the quarterback position. They feel like, when I say they, I mean I mean the people that will not hire black coaches feel like black people aren't intelligent enough to coach in this league. And and for people who maybe don't follow the NFL closely enough, this is exactly why Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston, because. For people who may not know, the McNair family who owns the Texans, they had hired a consulting agency to help them with the search of their GM and then potentially head coach. And the consulting firm came back with two candidates, both were minorities. One of those candidates was, uh, oh man, his name slips on mind. I just had it. It works for ESPN. You know what I'm talking about. He he was a former he was a yeah, former yeah. front office type before. I can't think of his name oh, now. Oh my goodness! I know you're talking about. I know you're talking about, bro. We go as soon as we get off the air, we're gonna think about it's it. It's gonna come, yeah. <laughs> and I'm embarrassed that I can't remember his name because he works on Monday Night Football. I had it right there, and I, I lost it for a second. All right, but go ahead though. Go ahead. But the, but the point being, the the consulting agency comes back to the to the McNair family and say, look, through all of our research, we feel these are the two most capable candidates for your presidency and general manager spot based off what you're trying to accomplish. And instead, the McNair family said, nah, disregard what you found. We're going to go get that guy from New England that we wanted, who happened to be white. Now, if that's who you wanted from the beginning, so be it. It's your business. You take the guy. Mm-hmm. But why hire a firm to do the research for you? And then when they give you the the, the candidates. You're still going another direction. Say, nah, never mind. We good. Because it, because it wasn't who you wanted. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, but why? I mean, it doesn't make sense to go through all that unless we, unless... We just out here faking the funk and acting like we're going to give minorities a legitimate shot at becoming a head coach in the NFL. And so, look, we did it, guys. We we, we tried. We had some interviews. Airbnb didn't interview well. That's why he doesn't have a job. Bowles, whoever, whoever else. These guys, there's, 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 there's only three minorities in this world that are good enough to have a head coaching job in the NFL. That's what we're saying. Basically, and it's and the name I had to look it up because it was bothering me. Lewis Riddick. Yes. Who I I respect Lewis Riddick's work. I I love listening to him break down the game. He was one of the candidates that was recommended to take that position with the Texans. And the McNair family said, nah, never mind. We'll go a different direction. 
Yeah. So listen, we we know what it is, and as much as the NFL, you know, you can push these numbers out. You can talk to us about how you 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 want to improve on the Rooney Rule, and we'll throw extra picks and this and that, and we'll do all of this. The bottom line is, you said there's 32 teams in the NFL right now, and there are only three minority coaches. You cannot tell me that in the entire galaxy there are only three minorities that are good enough to be head coaches in the nfl when you look at these head coaches and they have accomplished nothing nothing there's so many coaches out here that have accomplished nothing like i'm literally i'm looking at like i got i got a list right here of head coaching you know the head coaches in this in this league right now and cliff kingsbury arizona no no accomplishments. Arthur Smith, Falcons, no accomplishments. And, and and I'm glad you started with Cliff Kingsbury because not only – I know there will be some people say, oh, well, he's, he's fairly new to the NFL. He's only going into his third season. He didn't accomplish anything in college either. Yeah. So it's, it's not as if he was some hotshot college coach who had won a national championship and now let's say, hey, let's give him a head coaching job. He had never – made a BCS playoff that I don't even think they had ever won the big 12 with him as the head coach in Texas tech. Yeah. So, but continue, bro. Continue. So, so, (laughs) so out of the 32 head coaches, 14 have no type of NFL accomplishments as far as making it to a playoffs, winning the NFC, I mean, winning a championship game, winning a Super Bowl. 14 have no accomplishments. But they have head coaching jobs, right? Then you got a couple more teams that have playoff berths, but no actual playoff wins up here on the list. And guys that you know, guys that continue to, to they continue to work though. They continue to they continue to get jobs. And minorities that have put in just as much work as these guys that have produced. MVPs, defensive player of the years, top five, top three offenses, top three defenses, and they don't get a shot. And but you want to push out the narrative, oh, but the the hiring has doubled. Okay, what? Well, show me where, where where the hiring has doubled where it matters. Because right now it it ain't do nothing. Because from 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 last year to this year. We lucky we still got we still got three minority head coaches because as you know shoot they they might have they if they weren't so locked into to Ron Rivera it might have been like oh Washington then we you know we, we we didn't do that good we made it to the players but we got we got out early we need somebody else there because you know they don't be giving the, giving the brothers you know what I'm saying the, the, the black and brown people them kind of chances you you don't get us to a Super Bowl and you can get us to a Super Bowl still and still be going the next year that's that's a fact. And, you know, let's not forget Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. Yet last season when they struggled without Big Ben, there were some who wanted his job. Yeah. There's a guy, there's a guy who I believe he's been the Pittsburgh head coach now for I want to say 13 years. He's been he's never had a losing season. Yeah, and that's which which is amazing. Since 2007, yeah. So he's been right. There. So so going into his 14th season, never had a losing season. And the one year that they weren't a Super Bowl contender, which was last year, Ben gets hurt. They've got to play with the second and third string, and they're trying to figure it out. People, oh, he should lose his job. They still went eight and eight with the backup quarterback. And look at his resume in comparison to a lot of these other 
head coaches, Super Bowl championship, two AFC championships. Been to two Super Bowls. Been to two. Seven AFC North championships, nine playoff berths during his tenure with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you got guys like Jeff Fisher who, for some reason, managed for like a good 15 years, I feel like, to continue to get head coaching jobs while having losing season after losing season after losing season. I mean, Jason Garrett. How long did Jason Garrett hold on to the job in Dallas without accomplishing anything? Bro, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's amazing, man. It is amazing, you know, the opportunities that white coaches will get over and over again. You can stink up the joint and go from organization to organization stinking up the joint and you will get hired again. You will throw a black coach, and I'm going to use Ty Bowles because that's somebody we talked about earlier for an example. You will throw a black head coach will get thrown in to possibly the worst coaching positions, you know, that you can be in. And then when they can't turn it around, oh, they're no good. Get rid of him. He shouldn't be coaching in this league anymore. I am so happy for Mike Tomlin that at least when he got to got the Steelers, they were still a good team. So he actually had something to work with. And we saw, I just listed his accomplishments. When you have something to work with, we see what you can actually get accomplished. You know what I mean? So yeah, we, we we still we got a we got a lot of changes that um that that need to be made in the NFL. Is you know and I'm hoping that the changes will come uh, sooner rather than later. But I just wanted to bring that up just because when I saw that poll, I'm just like, come on, man, stop, <laughs> stop. Especially when when we've been here the last couple of months prior to when all of the coaching um vacancies were filled, talking about you know. Eric Bieniemy, why he should have have a job, and the fact that he probably wasn't going to have a job, and ultimately we were right. He did not have a job, a head coaching job. Excuse me, going into this season. So we, you know, NFL, y'all still got to do better. Uh, really quick, we still waiting on on news in the Deshaun Watson situation with with the Texans. What they're going to do? Um, he, you know, there are rumors that he's talking about sitting out. If he does sit out the twenty twenty one season, he will lose. Um, around $20 million, which is a lot. But I understand it. You got to know your worth. You got to fight for your worth. And if you feel like, you know, and he's going to be worth a lot more if he goes to a team and wins and has success anyway. So he'll make up for that $20 million. It sounds like a lot to us because we ain't on that level or close to that level just yet. But, you know, so for somebody that's already making that and he's going to make that wherever he's at tenfold, you know, stand on stand on your principles, man. Do what you got to do. Yeah, I think um, I don't think he'll sit out just because I think that the Players Association will kind of speak with him and, and say, look, figure it out with the Texans. He's he's a high profile athlete. And if he were to sit out, I think it would um, kind of hinder the next negotiations and the next CBA, because I, I think ownership will be spiteful if they know one of their biggest stars decided to sit out a full season and kind of, quote unquote, hurt the product. But. I think they're going to move on from him soon anyway. So hopefully we don't even have to worry about how much money he'll miss out on. We'll be talking about how many championships he could potentially win when he gets traded. Exactly. A um, little bit of boxing news. Uh, Canelo back in the ring. Look good, man. <laughs> I ain't got nothing bad to say. Look good. Fight had to end a little bit early because he was he was beating on, on that man <laughs> a little bit too bad. Um, but, you know, shout out to, to Canelo. Um, you know, 
He's the best at, at, at was super middleweight. He's the best in 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 that uh, weight class. He's probably gonna be that way for for a little while. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's he's the best pound for pound for pound fighter in the world. I don't even know what people are talking about. I, I had to shout out to Ricky Muffin, man. I had to get into it with him earlier <laughs> on the gram because he 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 posted a comment like, "Is Canelo gonna fight a real fight?" And I'm like, "Yo, bro, you can't be serious." Like Canelo's resume is one of the most impressive in the whole sport. Anybody from 154 pounds up to 175, let's not forget he went up to light heavyweight and beat a couple cats up there as well. Canelo is is embarrassing him. And though I'm not a big fan of Ryan Garcia, he had the comment of the night. When they asked him who can beat Canelo Alvarez, he said, unless you Floyd Mayweather or a Floyd Mayweather type fighter, you ain't beating Canelo Alvarez. And it's the truth. The only dude to beat him and make Canelo look like he was less than a great fighter was Floyd Mayweather. Everyone else Canelo's been in there with, Canelo has showed you why he is a different breed of fighter. Canelo's the best pound for pound. Yeah. So, again, shout out to Canelo on that one. We definitely wish you much success in the future. Um, congratulations to Naomi Osaka on winning her second uh, Australian Open, her fourth Grand Slam title. Um, you guys know she was very outspoken this past summer with everything that was going on. You know, we mentioned George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Maude Aubrey earlier in the program. She was very outspoken. Uh, she actually was, you know, she, she wore a different mask with a different name of a, a minority that had been, uh, murdered by police, you know, so she's been very outspoken in that. And she is the hottest thing in women's tennis right now. Um, listen. If, if Serena had to pass the torch to somebody, I'm glad it's Naomi Osaka. So, congratulations to you, young lady. Absolutely, a thousand percent. Um, like you said, she was she was very outspoken during you know a very uh, tense moment in our country, and I love the way she handled herself during that time because a lot of media outlets always try to categorize her as Asian tennis star, yes. and she was quick to correct everyone and say, no, no. I'm a black woman. Yes. And and remind everyone of where she stood during those times. I feel kind of bad right now because I got to say this. Uh, but I do want to say uh, I wish I do want to wish a speedy recovery to Tiger Woods. But I have to say it was kind of like the opposite in that situation because they were trying to, you know, credit Tiger for being a black golf star. And he kind of was trying to denounce that at the time. But that's neither here nor there. We ain't gonna, we, 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 we looking forward. We're not looking back. We definitely wish uh, Tiger Absolutely. a speedy recovery uh, from the car crash um, that he suffered a couple of days ago. So I hope he is back and up and running back on the golf course soon. Uh, let me shout out the sponsors really quick. Shout out to Petro Home Services, the Rosado Firm. Uh, Kmart and of course Soundview Liquors and uh, make sure you guys are watching us every Thursday night from 8 to 9 p.m. on Verizon 43 BPN 2 if you're not in the New York City area do not worry you can watch live from the website realfansrealtalk.com make sure you subscribe to all our social media Twitter, Instagram at realfantalk Facebook.com forward slash Real Fans Real Talk and subscribe to that YouTube channel, YouTube.com forward slash Real Fans Real Talk, as well as our affiliate podcast, the Real Fans Real Talk podcast, the Sanchez Show podcast, and of course, Shooting the Shit. They are on all streaming platforms, so make sure you are subscribed to all of those podcasts. Uh, really quick, Eric, you want to get into the final thought? Oh, man, just keep showing support, man. We appreciate you guys tuning in, whether it's through the podcast or whether it's through the YouTube channel. We can't wait to get back in studio with you guys, man, and just stay safe out there.
sir. So with that being said, for myself, Trip Young, my brother, Eric Sanchez, Legend in Two Games, we up out of here. Peace. This is Dion Grant from the New York Giants, Super Bowl champ, and you're watching Real Fans, Real Talk. Real fans, real talk, we as real as you thought Real 